0: everybody it is hater radio my name is chris mclean i'm here again with my co-host ian gibson ian how are you sir
1: i'm uh doing good uh happy to have a bye week for once for the gators man they can't Uh, lose you can't lose lose to the bye week you cannot lose (laughs) to the bye week yeah
0: undefeated in the bye week so far uh yeah you know we'll get into the whole mess of the Gators, uh, but let's uh, let's just do our normal show. So what we're going to do here, folks, is we like to do a, a review of the week before. Last week was week seven. Uh, we'll do a look at the Heisman standings, and then we talk about the possible playoff teams, who the first four in, who are the last two out. Then we also like to do a uh, preview of the next week's games, which this week is week eight. There's not that many games this week. So it's kind of a limited uh, uh, preview this week. But we had a lot of games last week and a lot to talk about. There was a lot going on. Uh, Ed Orgeron got fired. You know, yep. God forbid that Florida beats a team that is firing their head coach. This guy was out the door and they still somehow lost. But all right. So let's break it down. First game in the week seven uh, review is Cal Oregon a much closer game than both of us thought uh we you had them blowing out cal i had it a little bit closer but then it was like only a touchdown score game and i was Mm -hmm. watching the the highlights and it was like man it was really close like i think cal actually was ahead at one point and it's like I i don't know i don't know really what this Oregon team is man they're a mystery box they're, they're pretty steady for the most part as far as, like, this is what they are. You know, like, they're not, like, blowing people out one week and then it's close to next week. It's pretty much like this every single week. It's like a one-score, maybe 10-point score game, and they did lose to Stanford, so it's like, you know – you had that in there as well but that was a very close game that could have gone either way and like uh you know Oregon is just one of those teams that because the Pac-12 is so down you know there's not really anyone out there that's going to be a contender besides maybe UCLA but like well even
1: then said,
0: UCLA has Yeah, and UCLA has not looked great either. So, you know, but I think UCLA is probably the second best team. I mean, who else would it be? Arizona State, maybe, but they lost recently. I would say as maybe well.
1: maybe like Arizona State or um Maybe, you know, I'd give a, you know, a layup. Maybe, you know, maybe Oregon State has been competitive. Maybe I, you know, I wouldn't say they have been like world beaters, but it's kind of up in the air. Utah is still, you know, threatening into the Pac-12 as well. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, there are candidates, but it's not like there's a clear juggernaut runaway favorite or it's not really like a powerhouse um, out in the West right now.
0: Yeah, and you know Cal had a terrible record going into this game, and I expected a lot better performance from Morgan. I still like that quarterback. I like Brown. I think he's capable. I think he's much better than the kid they had last year. Um, you know, Strou- I lo- yeah yeah Stroud. Stroud whatever he he was just he couldn't throw over twenty yards. At least Brown can throw like you know, somewhat down the field.
1: And having the rushing attack of uh, Travis die as well was really yeah, helpful. And,
0: dude, it, it, it's because Brown is able to take control of that offense and be, you know, the, like, focal point, whereas, like, Strau was, like, I don't know. It was, like, okay. He was able to move, but it just wasn't, like, doing much. And I know there was limited sample size because last year they only had, like, five or six games. But, um I like the way this team is going it's just they need to like I don't know I think their coming game uh this week which we'll talk about in the the um, uh the preview of next week you know it's a big one and you know I think wait do I even have it on there? Yeah I do have it on there. I was like where is it? Uh um you know it's it potentially sets up basically who's who's going to get into the Pac-12 championship game and it's like Loser's probably out, and especially UCLA. Oh, yeah. If UCLA loses this game, they're more than likely out of the mix for this. So, um, but uh let's move on. Uh Early game. No, it was this early. I can't even remember. Purdue, Iowa. No, this was a 3.30 game. No, this
1: was a, like later, later in yeah, the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was still daylight when
0: the game was on because I remember it being light out. Uh, So, it, I just put it. Earlier on there for some reason, uh, Purdue beating Iowa twenty four to seven. I didn't even do this one as a pick game because I thought I did. I thought Iowa was going to run away with this and Purdue was like completely in control of this game. Iowa's offense was bad, like I've said all year. Yep. They've not been good. And that was their downfall, you know. And they weren't getting those turnovers like they had been getting in uh, weeks past, where you know they could rely it was, uh, on
1: uh, the script was flipped there. Iowa gave up uh, four turnovers that game, right? Yeah, and
0: Pete just looked like ass. And you know, when you aren't even that good of a quarterback, anyways, and then you perform tremendously bad, you are going to get your team uh, beat, and that's what happened here in this case. Uh, anything that stands out to you, Ian?
1: My the thing that just stood out was I thought Iowa probably had like the second or third best defense in the country and to a team like Purdue which you know I'm, I'm not saying Purdue is like an inherently like awful team but it's a team that at least they have been playing a lot better defenses against uh teams that have you know they've handled and have like held in check and they gave up You know, it wasn't really the points, but they almost gave up 500 total yards of offense uh, that whole game. And, and, you know, that's one of those things where, like, if your defense is doing that, you're not going to win the game. And they're lucky it was actually only 24 points instead of, you know, like 31 or, you know, 45. Because. Purdue was in complete control of that game. And I remember um, we had, you know, the uh, updates when I was watching the game. We had the updates on. I remember it was in, I think, the third quarter. I said, if Purdue gets one more score, and this is in the third quarter, I said, if Purdue gets one more score and makes it a two-possession game, that's going to be it because the Iowa offense was just stuck in the mud all day. Um so I said, like, if they're going to get two possession game, I don't think I don't see Iowa scoring on two possessions at least for two quarters because they haven't proven it to me that they can do it at all. Um, and that was it; they kicked a field goal, then they scored a touchdown in the fourth to really seal the deal. Um, the turnovers on offense really killed Iowa, and yeah, they, they're you know really killed him was the weakest link of the offense because it couldn't get anything moving and it couldn't bail out the defense. The defense was able to make some key stops. And honestly, like I said, the defense was lucky. It only gave up 24 points, but it was just an overall uh, very, very bad game uh, for Iowa. And yet another uh, top team uh, falls. It's 2007 part two all over again. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Okay. Moving on another uh, big
0: 10 game. Uh Michigan State Indiana did you pick Indiana to win this game?
1: Oh uh, no, I picked uh, Michigan State in this okay. one. I I just wrote this the score wrong. So you picked 30 to 3, right? I did. I thought Michigan okay, yeah. State cuz I just didn't think Indiana had um you know the Wherewithal to hang with them, but you know, shows how much I know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a really close game, and you know, Michigan State pulls it out. They needed to pick six at pick six at one point to get like some uh, you know m- momentum going, just to be able to like because they were you know Indiana was moving the ball on them, and then from that point on, Michigan State seemed to roll a little bit. But I mean, obviously, a five point win is not a big cushion, especially. This year's Indiana team, which kind of has struggled um, the first part of this season, um, you know, either way, they still got the victory, and I still like this Michigan State team. They still have, as a whole, like, four uh, defenses and offenses together on one team. They have, like, the best tandem, like, out of, like, all the schools in the country. So it's like, you know, like, ranking-wise – I think I saw that somewhere. I had seen that somewhere. I think it was on Twitter. So, like, you know, they're a competitive team. They just are going to have to prove it coming up when they play Michigan, when they play Ohio State, when they play Penn State. So they literally get tested by all three of them this year. So, uh, which is every year because they're in the same division. But, you know, it's like it's it's still there all – of those schools all four of those schools have the potential of one of them standing out and we know it's only going to be one there's yeah. like and that's why i like I, I you have to take this stuff with a grain of salt with the like big 10 love right now that they're getting because it's like oh all these schools are so great yeah but they have not played each other yet and once they do the you know the 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 wheat will rise from the cream or whatever it's, I don't know whatever the analogy is, but you know, like, <laughs> you know, you'll you'll figure out what actually happens with who is the best team of this. And the, the other teams are going to have at least two or three losses coming out of it. And that's just the truth of the matter. And more than likely it's going to be Ohio state. Cause I really like Ohio state's offense. CJ Stroud is really good. Uh, they've put up, huge yardage. They've racked up huge yardage, put up a ton of points. Uh, Besides that Oregon loss, they've done really well. Um, So we'll see, but let's move on. I have it on here and we got to talk about it. It's the biggest thing between me and you, as far as being Gator fans. So we have to talk about it. Florida LSU,
1: Florida was Let's like just a the bandaid off. Yes. Yeah, so
0: <laughs> Florida was like a 12 point favorite or something like that. 13 point favorite going into the game and they lose 49, 42. They allowed a, uh, School record not only for against Florida, but then a school record for LSU. LSU has had great running backs over the, throughout the years. This kid, uh, I can't even remember his fucking name, uh, Davis, right? David, his- David,
1: uh, it was I'm, tra- I'm trying to forget
0: this game. It was Davis Price, yeah, Davis Price, <laughs> Davis Price, not David Price,
1: like Devil Rays, the, yeah, Devil the Ray's race pitcher, not yeah. Davis Price, uh,
0: Davis Price. <laughs> just destroys Florida has like, I think he had like 13 explosive runs, something yeah. like 10 plus yards or some shit. Yeah, I think and his like,
1: average yard per carry was like eight yards or something. It was nuts. Yeah,
0: It was insane. Like he, they ran the same fucking play over and over again. Yes. Was the counter, they ran the counter, I think 14 total times and Florida could not block or couldn't get off their blocks and couldn't make the tackle. Um, you know, if they probably could have put an extra D lineman or moved the safety down into the box, maybe they would have started making a difference there. But they weren't, for whatever reason. LSU only passed it twice in their last two touchdown drives. Twice out of twenty-three broke, don't plays. Fix it, they, they I know, and I totally neither, get it. Need
1: to force the pass. But
0: then, not only, not only was it twice, but then it was like the one time that you would expect them to, to pass the ball on fourth and goal, they did pass it and Florida still couldn't stop. Yeah. It. And it just, but caveat to all this. Yes. Todd Grantham is on the hot seat. Everyone's wanting him fired. He's not on the
1: hot seat. He's on fire right now. Oh, yeah.
0: He's literally on fire. And Dan Mullen is getting his hot seat is getting a lot hotter. But the caveat, and we've talked about this all year. I even, you know, in the video, uh, shout out to the video I just produced uh, that we put out. Um, If you find it on our website, haterradio.com. Oh, I forgot to do these socials real quick. Haterradio.com. Uh, at hater underscore radio for twitter and insta. And uh but if if you see the video it's on haterradio.com or our um our YouTube channel, which I can't even I think it's just hater radio and you can find it that way but regardless we show the usf florida thing and i was looking at it and it was like we were talking about anthony richardson and as well it was like i was even saying it then i'm just like i just want him to play quarterback like yeah I, like you know and he again was in on the hail mary at the end of the fucking half which is like why are we doing this
1: and but it's it like we, that. i mean we got the touchdown at the yes, end of yes it half. did work <laughs> but
0: it wasn't like it, it wasn't like he was a part of it he was just kind of there but no but he got to play and he resulted, he got uh great results. It was four touchdowns in four straight drives, and um, you know, was looking very good, command of the offense, uh, you know, going through his progressions, doing what was needed. Um, you know, Emery Jones was looking terrible the whole game. You know, they, you know, besides you know, that first drive and then, you know, kind of that little drive that was the end of the half drive. And then, you know, the one play with that third down where he completed the uh, – he converted when Anthony Richardson was hurt. But besides that, Anthony yeah. Richardson took over, and it looked great. The offense looks – you know what it looks? It looks exciting. It has high potential with him. And that's the mm-hmm. difference with Emory. It's like there is like – little like mediocre potential with him. And so there's like a lot of, yeah. And he has a very low ceiling while Anthony Richardson has a very high ceiling and that's the difference. And, and that is why I'm saying that's the caveat. We should be excited as Gator fans, you listening to this Gator fans as well should be excited because the potential for the future, for the end of the rest of this year and next year could be, through the roof with this kid. I'm like, I already saw something where it was like uh, an NFL scout was saying, you know, two years from now, he's going to be the number one pick. Like, that's literally what they're saying already. And he's only played basically a half against a decent team. Uh, So, you know, the sky is the limit with this kid. And I cannot wait for him to take over the reins because, you know, man, I, I don't know. I don't think we will be out of any game. And that's why I am excited because of the potential of a week and a half from now, this being Wednesday before the, uh, when a week and a half before the Georgia game, you know, a week and a half from now when they play Georgia, you know, as much as people like, Oh, you know, Georgia's, you know, insurmountable, whatever, I still think with Anthony Richardson, we can beat about anybody in the, in the nation, but I know I talked a lot. I had a lot of, you know, on my mind. I've been seeing so much people uh, you know, on Twitter blowing up, saying all kinds of garbage and just it it's frustrating, you know, to be a team that's four and three with this much talent. And uh it's just it's it's tough to see. I don't know, Ian. I know you're you're just as frustrated as me. You say you texted me and you were like, "Fire Grantham," and like, you know, I was like, "Oh fuck!" I, I've had,
1: I've, 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 I'm at my limit. I said that. I told that to my cousin. I said, "I'm at my limit with this team." This was another game. It, I'm, I'm more upset at the fact that you know, it's you know, it's the same thing over again, and that's what you know disappointed me is that this I felt like. You know, this was like, you know, the Kentucky game this year or, you know, this was like the LSU game last year. It's, you know, it's getting to the point where, you know, it's becoming a pattern how we're playing down to competition because this is a team that Florida should have beaten. And this isn't like Kentucky. I will. The Kentucky loss does look a bit better now. Still a loss. But Kentucky is still a good team. They, that is a legit good team. LSU was without half their team on both sides of the ball. Derek Stingley was out, and Ed Ogeron was on the way out the door, so at least we gave him a going away the way present. Um, and they just completely, you know, played down, kept LSU in the game. And when you do that, you're going to pay the price for it. Uh, this was, yikes, uh, this was probably the worst defensive performance I've seen in a long time from the Gators because that was the most – And for I actually like no joke. So for context, um, I was working um, and we had a TV on um, at our store. I legit had to change the channel. Cause I was getting so mad <laughs> uh, and I would just geez. get updates on my phone for a little bit until it was like the fourth quarter. But I legit, I don't want to say I had to like, you know, I'm not one of those guys. It's like, i I quit watching, but since mm. I was at work, I had to legit like not watch because I wanted to make sure I don't get fired for like going nuts. <laughs> Cause I think I told him, like, I think it was when LSU, it was like, there, there was one driver. This was the thing that killed him. There was a couple drives where it was third in like, 15 or third and nine and LSU was still converting on run plays. And not only that, the thing that just added all to the wound was you said it, it was literally the exact same play. It was literally like me and my cousins playing play over and and over again. It was that same counterplay. It was literally like me and my cousins running four verticals in NCAA football because there was (laughs) like nothing you could beat it. I was like, run four verts run
0: four verts and then have a fast quarterback and then just run up. Yes. That's that's what I, and
1: I was like, I, I was remembering like, this is, it looks like this is like an unbeatable play, but it's a totally beatable way to contain it. I, this was, and I said this to my, you know, everybody too, that I talked to, I said, this game was the um, obituary for Todd Grantham's time at Florida. I, if Dan Mullen and he's on, you know, After this game, he's probably on the hot seat, and rightfully so. If he wants to, you know, cool it off a bit, he'll make sure this is the last season for Grantham because the defense has regressed um, every year to this point, and this game was just absolutely unacceptable because, again, same play over and over, an offense that is battered and beaten, and you give up the most rushing yards uh, that the school has ever had and you complete and that was the other thing look when you score 42 points in a game that should be enough you would think that's oh, yeah. enough because as i mean you know unless it's the big 12 that should be enough to win the game and especially with you know teams in the sec that that should be you know 42 points should be plenty um but it wasn't the defense let us down, and the offense isn't off the hook in this. Uh, you know what was it? Four turnovers, a couple interceptions, and a fumble. It was well four
0: interceptions, and they didn't have a fumble loss. The one fumble that Naquan Wright he picked it up at the end. He,
1: he recovered. Yeah, you're right. Yeah,
0: he recovered it. But so it was four interceptions, two for both Emory Jones and two for Anthony Richardson. But. The one, the first one for uh, Anthony Richardson was off like a screen and he got hit while he was throwing it. So I don't uh-huh. really blame him there.
1: Plus, I didn't And there was really another like, one that was like, like hit off. Like, I think it was Whittemore. It hit off his hands and it was picked off. It was one of those. That was
0: Emery Jones. Chief. But that oh, was, was Emory Jones' yeah. fault because he threw it behind Whittemore, which he continuously does. He doesn't throw in front or leading the, the receiver. He always throws it right either behind them or right to them. So the receiver has to like stop or come back and Whittemore got hurt because of it as well. So it's like, I blame all that on Emory because he's look, he seems like a very good person, like a nice person. And I don't want to like downplay a 21 year old. I really don't because he's just a kid but I'm being a realist as far as his ability to be a quarterback. I just don't think he has it. I don't think that he'll, I don't think he'll ever do it at this point. He is what he is. And um it's not to say that he's not uh like a, a decent college athlete that could go to a, like a, a mid tier school and perform well and go like 10 and two for, I don't know, like, Miami of Ohio, something like that, you know, but he's not an SEC quarterback. He's not that caliber. He's not Bryce Young. He's not Matt Corral. And that's what sucks because it's like, you know, Florida could have Matt Corral in this place, but instead. We did have weren't. Matt Corral.
1: I know. Don't, and don't instead, forget that. Don't ever I know, Jim I remember that. I saw him. I went to a game. Uh, oh boy. This was a long time. And this is when like Matt Corral was like freshman, like 18. And I, yeah, straight up Matt Corral walked in, you know, we were at the Gator walk and, you know, it was him, Luke Del Rio, Felipe Franks and Austin Appleby. And, you know, they were walking. And it was like, what <laughs> a terrible trains. list of quarterbacks, well, Except for Matt Corral, but th- that was before we really I know I not Matt Corral. Hearing Matt Corral, Matt Corral those other guys. <laughs> I remember hearing Matt Corral sign and I was like, Oh, Oh, cool, you know, I heard he's good. Uh, and I didn't, you know, then when he transferred, I wasn't surprised that I didn't, I mean, I didn't really expect him to you Oh, know. He
0: never, he never, never enrolled at Florida. He was, he had committed, but then when McElwain got fired, yeah, he was, um, he, Mullen, he, uh, I guess, yes. definitely didn't, Mullen didn't want him. And so he said, no, we're all right. And he went somewhere else. He went the whole mess. And, um, you know, then they instead, went after I think they went after both Justin Fields and uh Emery Jones and it looked like fields was going to Georgia so uh Emery was between Ohio State and Florida, Florida. and he went um, Dan Mullen went after Emery Jones and got him which at the time was a big pull because you know he needed someone someone to like excite the the fan base about and People were excited. I mean, I, the, the last couple of years, there have been so many, like one of them, like my uh, cousin's son, he was huge on uh, Emory Jones's uh, bandwagon. And like so many people were behind this kid and wanted to see him succeed. It's just not there. It's just really not there. And it's not it's honestly not being negative. It's just being a realist looking at what is going on, the results of what happens when he's in there controlling the offense, and what is happening when Anthony Richardson is out there. Anthony Richardson has amazing control of this offense. You know, he goes through so many of his reads. He's not just one read and that's it. And that's all Emery really is. He locks onto that one guy and he stays with him, And it's really like it. It's like one read. And if it's not there, he tucks it and run. Or like, I know he's been trying to like stay in the pocket more, but it's just, I don't know. It just seems like he, um, he thinks too much about the game when he's out there, when like Anthony Richards almost has like a great feel for the game. And that's another difference as well, because it's like, you know, being able to feel how the game is going and, like, you know, instead of overthinking things, he just goes, boom, not there, not there, not there, boom, throw, you know, like that type of thing. And it's just, it's, it's just a quick mental clock. And you, if you don't have it, you're not never going to have it. But do you have anything else to say? Cause I'm, I got, I'm going to move on. But,
1: um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I let it out. So, <laughs> well move on. An- another wait, wait, loss we'll we'll
0: talk about more next week but this is you know this is their bye week so hopefully they get some shit together but okay texas a&m missouri uh texas a&m stomps them it wasn't even close 35 14 missouri just like fucking diving into the abyss right now kind okay? of yeah. <laughs> just terrible but what uh, anything from here that stands out to you
1: no, I, I found it funny because there were there were legit people who thought A and M was going to have. We call it like the Bama uh, hangover, which has happened to a few teams that have you know either played really good or you know have beaten Bama, and they that was like they can't recover from that elation, and they have to like focus on the rest of the season. And I was like, guys, Missouri's not good this year. In Missouri, it's just not Missouri's year, and A and M just has too much talent. And the game went exactly the way I thought. A and M was in complete control the whole game. Um, and especially with Isaiah Spiller getting back to form. um, Looking like the Isaiah Spiller, uh, we know having nearly 200 yards and a touchdown for him.
0: Yeah, that kid is good. I'm a huge fan of that kid, and I'm excited to see what he does in the NFL because I think he's going to have a a really good NFL career. But, uh, you know, Missouri is actually landing a bunch of big-time recruits, and, uh, you know, as much as this year sucks and uh, they've looked – Kind of terrible. Um, You know, the future looks bright for them because, you know, if they get all these big time recruits, maybe that'll start translating on the field. As of right now, it's not. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, UCF Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati blows them out 56-21. We both thought this was going to be, you know, a bit of a blowout and it was. Um, Cincinnati was really in control of this game the entire way. There was a few UCF plays here and there that got them, you know, some points, but nothing really to write home about. Um, You know, number two in the nation now, which is really awesome for them. I think it's the first time in school. 2007
1: history. 2.0, just like USF. Yeah, there you I'm go. I'm telling you. Yeah, I know. This is the it's issue. the same. It she has a fun playbook. way of repeating itself. I
0: know. So we'll see. Are they going to survive this week? You know, we'll, we'll talk about it. But uh <laughs>
1: Anything else from this? No, you know, um, UCF, it's just, you know... Again, Cincinnati just had – it, they're the best group of five team in the na- uh, nation. Um, and UCF was just outmatched. Um, and Cincinnati is, is proving, you know, why they are the best, you know, team in the uh, nation uh, – or at least group of five team in the nation. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're at the point where it's kind of scary. They're going to have to make state more and more statement wins. So, unfortunately for us, UCF, they had to be another statement. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on. Tulsa,
0: USF, we're going to just do this one really quick. Really tough way to lose. They lost 32-31. You know, they had them, even though they're, Tulsa, like, outgained them in, like, almost all categories. USF just, like, played some kind of fluky game where they were still ahead and then just couldn't hold on. And it's a shame they didn't get this win, but I think there's progress being made. So, we'll. I'm still saying the jury's out on Scott. They need to... They need to get at least 2 wins here by the end of the year. If they get 3 wins for the year, I'll be happy. But right now it's 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 really tough for them. Okay, moving on. Oklahoma State, Texas. Uh Oklahoma State comes back and wins this one 32-24. They were down 17 to 3 until they got a pick six. To start changing things in that momentum-wise, just like in that uh, that other one we were talking about, and boom, Oklahoma yeah, State, and uh, yeah, and the Michigan Indiana State. Michigan State one, and boom, Oklahoma State really good defense, probably the best defense in the Big Twelve, and just solid all <laughs> all around. And look at them undefeated, probably will be undefeated into the Oklahoma game. I mean, imagine that game, freaking two undefeated Oklahoma Oklahoma State. I would. I mean, they'd still have to play each other in the Big Twelve Championship, regardless of who wins that one. But still, exciting to see if that happens. Uh, I would love to see it happen. Anything that stands out to you?
1: Uh, well, you know, Saturday obviously wasn't the best day for me because you know, Gators lost, and then my upset pick, which looked like I was, I was, I was (laughs) going to be right because I said Texas was going to run, run away with it. Yeah, and they went up seventeen to. And I said they went up seventeen to three, and I was like, yes. (laughs) <laughs> I, you know, I'm just, something's going my way, and no, Oklahoma State had to prove, you know, they had to prove that they were a good team, and you know, the yeah. defense did a good job. Uh, all kidding aside, though, you know, Oklahoma State, you know, I'm definitely turning the corner around them. The rushing attack, especially, um, has been very effective for the Cowboys, uh, this season. Um, and it is going to be uh exciting down the stretch with them, especially with that matchup. Um, it should be, you know, coasting through it. They do have uh. You know Iowa State this week, which you know I would game. consider a yeah. trap game. Yeah, yeah. So I would kind of yeah. consider that a trap game. Um, but so you know, very exciting because I think out of all the teams in the Big Twelve, they are the most balanced between defense and offense. Oh yeah, for um, sure, for sure. So I think you know they definitely have the potential, um, you know, to make some noise uh going into January.
0: Okay, so we're gonna move on, dude. I'm giving you props for this one. I hope you know you realize what you did in this game. <laughs> Kentucky, Georgia, did you see what you did?
1: Uh, What, that Georgia would uh... – you you nailed it completely. Did I get did I get the, you score, got the right? exact score? No dude. way. Yeah. Why did it have to, to be 30. Georgia? Yeah. Why, God? Why? I mean, oh my God. It's like the one good thing that happened to me that day and it had to be to the Georgia. I, I didn't even know I, I nailed the score. Dude, I just saw it, it and I was like, oh, crap, Georgia won. <laughs> yeah. It would be, to 13. it would be, it would be Georgia. The one score I,
0: was on the score. <laughs> I was close. Not really. Uh, 21 to 17, but dude, you nailed it completely. I mean, it's, it's very, you know, obviously it's, it, it's, uh, you know, hit or miss with these things that you're never going to like be able to like nail down what exactly the scores are. Even, you know, uh, Vegas is a hard time getting these money lines. Correct. So it's like, you don't really know, like we do our best with what is going on, but there are sometimes outside factors that we have no idea about that completely can change a game and like what happens. Uh, but yeah, Georgia runs away with this one, just a dominant performance. Um, Kentucky at one point made it to 14 to seven. And I was like, okay. And I was watching at that point. And then I like kept track as I was like, going on with my day and then I saw it was just like Kentucky couldn't do anything like couldn't move the ball. I think like yep. their running backs were like held defense. to their lowest. No. Yeah. Lowest performance of the year. Will Levis didn't really have a really good game. I, I'm not the biggest fan of Kentucky's offense and I know you do like Kentucky as a team and I think they're good as far as their defense, but I'm not the biggest fan of their offense. Like Florida – like basically you know held them in check in that game except for like that uh special teams uh yeah. touchdown so it's like really I don't expect much out of this offense again when Georgia plays a team like Florida when they play a team like Tennessee those are the offenses in the SEC that they play this year that actually can put points on the board and as of right now, a lot of these teams, you know, and I, I will say, I'm not saying that Georgia's defense is not good. I'm just saying when they when they hold uh, Tennessee to 10 points, I will say they're uh, a good uh, good defense because I think that Tennessee can score at least 20 points on them. And, you know, I don't think they're going to win, but I think they can score 20 points on them. And I don't know. I just – because I am also of the mindset that, okay, They've had a relatively easy schedule this year. Just wait until they play one Alabama two uh, another playoff team. That's two teams playoff worthy that they're going to have to play at the end of the season. Ian, right now, do you think this team, Georgia, can beat either, like any of those teams, like an Ohio State and Oklahoma? Do you think they're capable of, considering how offensively uh, proficient those teams are?
1: Honestly, against Ohio state. Yeah. I think, think they, they can, can beat can Ohio beat, state. I think they could beat Ohio state. I again, Ohio state is high powered, but I I'm not wavering from the fact that I think this is the best defense in the country and they're showing it week after week after week. Um, I'm, you know, as, as much as I don't like the team, I am willing to give props when I see it. No, it has the best defense in the country and it's, it, it's clear as day to me. And that is what, you know, is winning them these games. Cause like I said, the offense for Georgia is not, Flashy, It's not special it, and it never has been and never will be. Georgia wasn't built on big time, you know, running at least our big time offense. Not since like Herschel Walker. And I'm not kidding when I say that. Yeah, it hasn't been an offensively, you know, juggernaut school. It's just not who they are. What they are is a, you know, smash mouth, you know, chokehold type of a defense. That is what wins them games because the offense, uh, I remember, you know, they blew out um, Vanderbilt and they blew out, you know, UAB, South Carolina. They blew out the teams, but when it's the games against, like, you know, when they played Arkansas, Auburn, those games. And the offense did put up, uh, I think, more than 30 points. They've actually, against these uh, ranked teams, have put up 30 points in each game. But like I said, it hasn't been flashy. But what has been is that the defense just not giving the opposing offense anything, no no. Like, no breathing room, no life, nothing uh, for the opposing teams. So I think there's only three teams – I'm probably not even exaggerating here. I only think there's three, maybe even two teams that could beat Georgia um, based on the offense. Um, Alabama, Ole Miss – don't know about the defense, though. Alabama, Ole Miss, and I could see Oklahoma. Those are the only teams I think in the whole country – that can really go toe to toe.
0: And why is it the one year that I would love to see Ole Miss play Georgia? They're not fucking playing them. Of course. It's like, (laughs) you know, and it's like it seems like Georgia always misses those teams out West when they're really good. They always like dodge so many bullets. And it seems like Florida is never dodging those bullets. It seems like they're always playing the tougher teams from the West. And like, you know. uh, What's the SEC West team we're playing this year? Uh they already played them. They played LSU and then they played um Alabama.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, god yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeez. Yeah. yeah.
0: And they oh, they barely lost. But you know, uh, you know, it seems like Georgia always seems to like have the like the luck of the draw. They 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 never beat Alabama anyway, so they like whenever they have to play them, it's just chalk it up as a loss. But like um it seems like they don't they hardly ever play LSU. Um they like, you know, what is it? Last two years they got Arkansas, which Arkansas is better this year, but like, okay, you know, you know, did they play Texas AM last year? No. Did they play Texas AM this year? No. And like it's like they didn't play Ole Miss this year, and it's like, where, where like, you know, like when Florida last year, when they got that, they added that game and then they A&M, gave them yeah. Texas A&M. And it was like, what the fuck, man? Like, that, And that totally really screwed Florida because if Florida had a gimme there and has uh, Ole Miss, well, they did have Ole Miss, but like, um, let's say Mississippi State last year because they could have beaten Mississippi State pretty easily last year. So like instead of Texas A&M, they had Mississippi State. I mean think about the difference in Florida's uh, season last year. Even if they lost to LSU, they would have only had one loss going into the Alabama game with everything on the line. If they beat Alabama, then they go to the playoff and all that shit. And they have the momentum and whatever like just because of that one game schedule that changed like everything for Florida and it's like I'm saying with Georgia their scheduling, they get very favored scheduling-wise more than the Gators do for some reason. It just seems like that. uh, Georgia has never played at Texas A&M. In the 12 years, uh, yeah, or 10 years, or 10 or 11 years. uh, Wait, nine years. Well,
1: 2012. 2012.
0: So it's 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. So 2012, when A&M came in, they never played at A&M. Never played. Florida has played there twice already, and Georgia has not played there. How is it,
1: like, yeah. Only for the fact because I remember how big of a deal it was. was like, wait, Texas AM and Missouri are coming. And then and then, oh my God, it's really been that long. Yeah, it has been that long. Wow. Hey, let's let's move
0: on because we got plenty of things to talk about. Uh BYU Baylor, surprising one. You know, Baylor is a team, you know, a very Oof uh very like they've been sneaky no. good solid team like you know it's like they've had some solid wins this is another solid win they went thirty eight to twenty four uh gave Aranda doing a hell of a job in his first year as head coach. Um anything that stands out here for you Ian?
1: Oh uh, I'm I'm thing on that with Baylor is that Baylor is proving to be a very sneaky team um this year uh they they only have the one loss and I remember it was against Oklahoma State and only that was like a 24 to 14 loss So it was you know close yeah yeah it was was close they kept them in the ball game um for BYU you know the you know it's really gotten away from them at this point um Uh, now. But for Baylor, it's like, you know, it's completely 180 for Baylor now between the two teams uh, and that. So, you know, teams are both these teams are going in completely separate directions as we kind of enter the tail end of the season. For sure.
0: OK, moving on real quick. I'm just going to do this one. We don't really have to talk about it. Alabama, Mississippi State, Alabama wins forty nine nine. Not really much to talk about there. Just Alabama, you know, really dominating in Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. So, OK, this one, all right, biggest game of the day, I think. I think it was craziness, all wild. Ole Miss, Tennessee. Ole Miss wins 31-26. Uh, Lane Kiffin has a golf ball thrown at him at one point. They were uh, trash on the field because – A mustard thought, bottle. Yeah, mustard bottle it was in the mix of that garbage. And they thought that they were so mad about this fourth down that wasn't converted. And I was like, it didn't look like he made it. So, I don't know what they were upset about. So, just – Tennessee trash fans being Tennessee trash fans. So uh, I I was excited to see the finish, but it literally took like the last five minutes of the game took like 50 minutes. I'm not, no joke. I left. um, I went to get ice cream for me and my (laughs) girlfriend. I get ice cream when uh, just standing in line, watching my phone. It didn't end until I even got home. I was just like, Oh yeah, no. I was like, it's like a 10 minute drive to the ice cream place, 10 minute back, plus the like 20 minutes I was waiting on. It was like, I swear, 40, 50 minutes for the last have five you, minutes of the game. If you
1: think that was a long wait, imagine me, because at that point I was watching the Tampa Bay Lightning and I literally watched an, the entire third period and overtime <laughs> and I switched back. And there's and I'm still seeing the band kids cleaning the field. Yeah, it was craziness. And th- yeah, that game was absolutely insane. just the game in general was nuts. So I was flipping back and forth between the two because this was definitely <laughs> the most intriguing game. Lane Kiffin going back to Tennessee. Um, I think Judas had a better time <laughs> going oh, into Jesus. enemy territory than Lane Kiffin because holy cow, he was like, I I know there is like very tough receptions for coaches coming back to schools and stuff. Yeah. Um, this is up there with one of the most brutal because I knew, especially for like you know, Tennessee had invested a lot in Lane Kiffin being the guy, the next big head of the SEC. And he's there for one year, has a mediocre year, and then he's gone. But a lot of Tennessee fans are slighted in that, feel slighted in that fact. And now he's at all miss, uh, you know, running up the scoreboard with, with this team, yeah. Um, but I will say the game in general, the game itself was a very exciting, entertaining game. It lived up to the hype because I knew with Tennessee, they were going to be motivated. I didn't think Ole Miss, I remember my cousin said Ole Miss was going to run him out of the building. And I was like, no, like Tennessee is not like the offense is much more confident with Hendon Hooker uh, running the offense. Cause it adds that dynamic of honestly, it's like looking in a mirror with these two with how the, the play calling was because Matt yeah. Corral um, and Hendon Hooker, it was both a lot of those RPO type plays Oh yeah, um, and that. So it was a very exciting game in Tennessee. I Like I said, I knew they weren't going to go down. You know, they were very motivated to play this game um, and they definitely made a game uh, of it. They did everything they could to win. Fans did everything they could, you know, to try to stop the game. Um, that was that was pretty insane. I've seen stuff, you know, I have been at high school games where stuff has been thrown on in the field like that, but not, not to that extent. Right. Um, that, especially out of all the schools I would think of though, cause I've, you know, I know I have a couple of friends who are volunteer fans and I know there are people from Tennessee and stuff. They're not like they for the most part, they're mostly classic, you know, until it's game day against the Gators, which yeah, then yeah. again, we're all complete asses to each other. Um, but like they're, the fans like, you know, are usually, that was just so like, it was like a twilight zone moment. I was like, out of all the places to see this Neyland stadium was like the last possible place, even with Lane Kiffin there, yeah. I knew they would boo. And I might've expected, you know, hearing some cutting on the sidelines and stuff. I did not expect that. That was one of the cr- craziest things I've seen in college football.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. It
1: was wild. And you know what?
0: it probably be the return of Lane Kiffin to Tennessee. that something like that yeah. did happen because I think everyone was expecting something crazy like that to happen, but
1: I was expecting a crazy game. I wasn't expecting the, the, yeah, the yeah. crowd to go into a full riot. Yeah. Regardless. Funny, uh, it was actually my cousin. One last thing. This actually made me belly laugh. I was, we were watching the game and they're throwing stuff on the field. And then my cousin, um, Oh, no, it was one of my buddies. He texted me, they should play this in the loudspeaker, and it was riot by three days race. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At Nealon Stadium. And I was like, nice. if they did that, fans would have started like taking the, you know, it would have been the only time fans were taking the goalpost down for a loss. Right. <laughs> nice. Okay, let's move on. TCU Oklahoma.
0: Oklahoma wins 52 31. Caleb Williams gets the start and just. Proficient as hell, you know, running that offense, doing the things that Lincoln Lincoln Riley wants, and, you know, probably putting the nail in the coffin in uh, Spencer Rattler's Oklahoma career. Uh, I'm excited to see what this Oklahoma team does now because that was the best performance all year. Even better, you know, I mean, it, he was really good in that Texas game, but the first half of that game, they were terrible. And so like, this is the first complete game that they've had all year. And it was, it, it's great. Cause I'm, I think a, a lot of people know that this Oklahoma team is really talented, but they just needed someone uh, running the offense. that could do what Caleb Williams does. And it just does it way better than Spencer Rattler and someone that people actually like, cause a lot of people don't like Spencer Rattler. So boom, right there. So Oklahoma is right there in the forefront now, gonna be one of those teams in the mix for the playoff and you know as much as it's you know one of those four teams oklahoma ohio state georgia alabama whatever i like oklahoma better this year now because of what's going on and the momentum they have building going forward for the the rest of the year
1: uh i i would concur only to the extent if the defense of Oklahoma did not have a typical Big 12 game because they did give up over five. Actually, I think TCU had more yards than Oklahoma, uh, not by a lot, but they gave up over 500 yards. And I'm thinking about that with TCU. I'm, you know, I was thinking that the whole game. It's like we know Oklahoma's offense is going to light up the scoreboard. That's what they do. But, you know, I was thinking, and whenever I see games like this with Oklahoma, I'm always thinking in the back of my head, like, okay, what about when they play, you know, an SEC team? What if they, you know, what happens when they play a tough defensive, you know, team that is willing to slow down the offense uh, and the defense? I mean, if they can't stop a team in the Big 12, what makes you think they could stop a team in the, sec or you know these other conferences so there was definitely a good win best offensive performance i think of the year it de- you're right there is a lot of more cohesion um when uh kale williams is under center um and especially with the passing attack um as well uh but good win for oklahoma just got to shore up the defense uh, just
0: real quick, are you paying attention to this Coastal Carolina App State game? Yes, uh, I am. Of course
1: I yeah. am. It's the it's Clears.
0: Yeah, just, just of note to all of you that this is being recorded on Wednesday night. So we're watching the game live as we're recording. So it is 149 left in the game. It's tied. And App State's got the ball and they're driving and they're like on the, like the 20, I think, or like the 15, something like that. So we'll keep you up to date, but I mean, I I know you all probably know the score by the time this is actually put out there. So let's move on. Arizona state, Utah. We were talking about these two earlier. Uh, Utah wins 35, 21. Um, Surprising. I, I would have thought Arizona state would have been able to win this one, but uh Utah pulls it off and you know pretty solid fashion the offense you know they can move the ball and uh I don't really know the quarterback for Utah but he actually had a decent game and Rising what is his name
1: uh Rising
0: yeah and dude he I, I'm pretty really sure that that's
1: how you pronounce it that's I how think it's solid. Rising
0: yeah I think it is yeah uh no he's he's solid and you know I, I just think Utah has too many losses to really like contend for anything this year even Pac 12 wise so But, you know, it's good to get an upset like this, especially against a good team against Arizona State.
1: Yeah. Ever since Utah made the change, they had um, Brewer, the former uh, quarterback from uh, Baylor. Baylor. Ever since they Baylor. made made that change, um, Rising has kind of you know settled the offense down a bit more for Utah, and they have looked as a much more consistent team. They are still undefeated in conference play, and I believe they are still leading in the div- in their division for the Pac-12. Oh, um, well, then I'm totally I w- wrong. I didn't realize that. I thought they had like multiple losses. Well, they're. F- I know that they're, they're four and two. <laughs> Um, But I know they're undefeated in um, uh, conference play because I think they lost to um, BYU, which is an independent. And I think it was San Diego State got the upset on them.
0: Yeah, you're right. They are undefeated in conference play, and they still have – they still have a lot of games to go, though. They have to play Oregon. They have to play Stanford. They have to play UCLA. So there's still – you know a lot out there uh you know with a loss to BYU that's a rivalry game so whatever but they did lose to San Diego State I mean San Diego State is obviously a good power uh group of five teams so because they're you know they've been ranked last couple weeks but I don't know I'm
1: yeah San Diego State's undefeated and there, um, I I probably wouldn't have a problem considering them the best team in the Mountain West right now.
0: Yeah, and, and okay, so that's fair. But I'm still, when Utah plays UCLA, we'll see. And then, you know, it's um, I don't think. Let me see. I don't think UCLA. They're 3 and 1. So if UCLA beats Utah then they would be ahead because of the head to head even though they'd have the same record. So it's a kind of a huge game the UCLA Utah game. And then but UCLA lost to Arizona State as well. So that's like a three-way tie. That would be kind of weird. I don't know what happens there. I expect more losses from Arizona State though. I know we were like kind of like oh they're doing really well but it's like i don't i don't know i'm just not sold on them just because of the turmoil within the the school uh within the administration and within the program um but let's move on because we got other stuff to talk about nc state boston college uh, nc state 33 to 7 solid man like yeah. I mean, dude, like, this is a team, uh, another team like Michigan State that, like, nobody's talking about. Like, th- these are two really good teams. And, you know, NC State lost to Mississippi State on the
1: road. And, you know, besides that, they – Ever can, since then, they've been running away with dude, uh, the base. They I think they have been the – they are the best-looking um, ACC uh, oh, team. by far.
0: By far. I, uh, them and Pitt, I would say. I would probably say those are the two best teams. Here we we go. Uh,
1: Commentary here. App State. What is it saying? (gasps) Oh, App State has just beaten the Chanticleers. Damn. You you saw it before me, you bastard. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I I knew we didn't make a pick for it last week, uh, or we couldn't make one this week, but I was going to pick App State. I was you going were? to even, damn. But I, w- I was going to pick I App have State. it on my
0: list this week, but we just we couldn't get to it in time.
1: Yeah. Even as much as I like the Chanticleers, App State is, you know, one of the best Holiday. teams. That, wow. the rushing the field. All right. Wow.
0: First win versus a
1: ranked opponent. Wow. Th- this is the first time they've beat a ranked team <laughs> since they beat Michigan. Oh, whoa. That's hilarious! Wow, that's crazy. As much, but yeah, I was gonna say as much as I like the Chanticleers and they are one of my favorite group of five teams. App State, with how they've played the um, uh, as a team and played this year, I had App State uh, winning this one, so at least I was right in that manner. Um, Pitt is
0: five and one and two and zero oh in the conference. So those two teams and Wake Forest is undefeated, but Wake Forest is like. Kind of like a mirage
1: because they're barely. I agree. I they, Wake Forest, I'm not completely sold on yet. Yeah. Uh, I want to see, especially, I know that's weeks <laughs> away, but I definitely want to see when Wake Forest plays a team like NC State um, and like yeah, that, um, how they do, because sure. they definitely have an easy, easier schedule. I know they play uh, North Carolina coming up. Yeah. Um, I know it's not do. this week. I think it's the week after, Next week, but that's uh, probably
0: two weeks from now. Or, two weeks from now. Yeah.
1: I think that's going to be the, uh, uh, Telling game. Uh, they, for Wake they have Force. a tough
0: stretch. Tough stretch, Wake Forest. They have uh, UNC, then NC State, then Clemson right in a row, and then cap that off with Boston College. So that's a tough four game stretch. Okay, moving on. Auburn, Arkansas. I mean, I didn't even have this in our picks. I don't know why I didn't have this one, but uh, Auburn wins 38 23. You know, Bo Nix looked really com- uh, competent in this game, you know, did the things needed to win. And Arkansas really losing some luster. That's three losses in a row. I feel bad for them that they have such a tough schedule right in a row because they're not getting like a Mississippi State or like a LSU here and there to like get some wins. But they'll still probably go like eight and four this year, which is still going to be good. But it's just they have tough, tough middle schedule there. You know, Georgia just
1: off to the hot start. They just couldn't, you know, sustain it.
0: Yeah. So, all right, moving on UCLA, Washington, UCLA barely wins this one. 24 17. It was very close even to the end. So UCLA wins continues their uh, wonderful season of five and two, because that's already eclipsing their win total for the last like four years. So they're already doing that midway through the season. So they could end up with like nine wins. Probably I have them at 10, but more than likely because they have a, a really tough schedule coming through, but okay. Moving on Heisman. I only really have two people here in this Heisman update. I only have Matt Corral and Bryce young and I kind of have them like one and uh, one a and one B because I don't really, they're not really standing out because Matt Corral had a bad game against Alabama, but it wasn't like Bryce young had like an amazing game against Ole miss. So it's like, I don't really have to know how to differentiate between the two. They both have had really good games since then and before that as well. So they're both kind of just there doing their thing. And it's like it's just going to basically come down to, I don't know, I, I guess if Bryce Young goes to uh, the SEC championship game, if he has a really good game against Georgia, that pretty much would decide it because it's like everyone is – Pretty much decided that Georgia has the best defense. So it's like, if he performs well against the best defense, the most NFL like defense, then it's like, wouldn't you just think that he deserves it more because of that? That's probably the only thing that's going to decide it here because they're both going to play well. They both are better. Both teams are better than other teams that they're playing the rest of the year. I don't, I really don't know how you differentiate. I know there are other players that are doing well, but I think these two are the really the ones that are like, Outpacing everyone else by far this year.
1: Uh, I agree with you. Um, it's pretty much the same list. I'm, I agree, Bryce dunn and Matt Corral. But I am not wavering from Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is. still <laughs> I'm not. He. I. I can't. He's has. <laughs> last time I checked the stats, he had over 20 touchdowns, one pick, and he's almost at 2,000 yards already. I, I can't waver from him and he's having this uh great of a season. I'm not saying he's gonna win it, but I think some more people should seriously consider uh Kenny Pickett for the Heisman and because it is he has had a very uh good season. He's had a lot of uh good games. He's gonna get tested uh with Clemson uh coming up. Uh, but I'm not wavering from the fact. I like Kenny Pickett.
0: Yeah, we have that one. We have that one in our look ahead. So let's uh let's move on. CFP, we've got the playoff. We've got four teams in. Ian, who are your four teams in?
1: My four teams in right now. Um, number one, Georgia, obviously. Number two, Cincinnati. Uh, with Iowa dropping. Uh, number three, Michigan. <laughs> They're undefeated. Number four, Bama. Number five, Ohio State. And number six, Michigan State. Okay.
0: I have Georgia number one, obviously. Oklahoma number two. I really think Oklahoma is the second best team. Number three best team, I have Alabama. And number four, squeaking in, getting in there. The first group of five team in there, Cincinnati. So that is my four. My last two out are Oregon and Ohio state. I just think both of them are very close. I know Michigan you have undefeated, but I just don't think they're going to survive the next couple of weeks. Okay. Week eight preview. We're going to look at these big matchups for the games. We're going to cancel the first one because coastal Carolina just lost to app state. So we don't need to talk about that one.
1: At least I got that one right in my head. Yeah,
0: yeah. Here's one that is uh, uh, an AAC game an American conference Game. Ian, we got two lane going up against um, SMU. Who do you got in that one?
1: Uh, this one, I'm going to go with uh, the uh, Mustangs of this one. Now, SMU has been a little shaky. Uh, the past couple of weeks, especially uh, defensively. But I think SMU will win this one. I'm not going to go with a blowout per se, but I think the offense does enough uh, to get enough points on the board, especially with um, the Mordecai passing attack. Um, I'm going to go with the Mustangs in this one. I'm going to go with a 34-14 to 14 victory. but And the score is a bit misleading, but not exactly a blowout. SMU will run away late. 34 14 yes Mustangs
0: okay so I think that Tulane's gonna score some points but not enough to really like scare this SMU team and I think Mordecai is going to be able to do enough to um you know uh, put them over the top so I'm gonna say 30 to 20 SMU and uh yeah I think that's just gonna be it's gonna be a nice solid win for SMU and they're gonna Keep keep the the train going in Dallas. Okay, next one. Sometimes this game is a big matchup. Sometimes it's interesting. Sometimes whatever. But as of right now, Ed Orgeron is fired, or they parted, or they agreed to part ways. I think at the end he's of the still
1: year. the he's no the coach. he's still
0: the coach, but he they agreed to part ways at the end of the season. So yeah, he's technically fired. He's just still there. So. Ole Miss, LSU. Who do you got in this one, Ian?
1: Um, I I think Ole Miss is going to win this one. Um, I don't think LSU can have a repeat of uh, what they did with Florida. I think they, they'll be able to move the ball more, and I think this will be a high scoring game. Uh, but I have Ole Miss winning this one in a shootout. I'm going to go with a 45 to 21 victory for the Rebels. Dude, I literally typed it as you were
0: saying it. 45 to 20 is what I have. Hey. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I just feel that, uh, I don't know. I really like this Ole Miss team. I really do. There's something about this team. You know, Lane, it's like night and day from what he was in 2009 when he was that asshole, you know, brash, you know, coach of Tennessee. Now he's like. Affable, he's funny, he like makes fun of himself. He like I he does poke. like
1: he will poke, you know, he get posts cocky, stuff on but Twitter. it's not like
0: to- he posts stuff on Twitter, he's like funny there, he's like he's you know enjoying himself. Where it like seemed like before he really wasn't enjoying himself, he was just kind of like being a dickhead to people, and like you know, he had such a hard time at USC, and I really feel yeah. for him there because it's like He took over in such a bad situation with all those uh, scholarship uh, being taken, so many scholarships being taken away. And it was like he had such an uphill battle to try to make USC work. And I feel bad for him because that's where he wanted to coach. That was the one school that he wanted more than anything was to be the head coach at USC. And he couldn't make it work. And I feel bad for him because honestly, now, if you think about it, wouldn't it be like the perfect time to hire him back?
1: Yeah. yeah. Considering like shit, I think that will happen, but I mean,
0: yeah, I don't think it will, but I mean, like, wouldn't it be the perfect hire for them? They're looking for someone with offense, someone that can, uh, you know, like take over the reins. He's been there before. I don't know. That would be a that would be the one move that I think he would do if he was going to leave Ole Miss. I don't think he should leave Ole Miss. I think he should stay because it's like the perfect situation. They love him and they love what's going on there. And like, I love it too. I think it's interesting. It's, it's great that there's a team like Ole Miss that can battle Alabama. I know they didn't really come close this year, but they came close last year. And I think they'll probably in the next couple of years, get closer and closer. So uh, moving on, speaking of that Pitt team and Kenny Pickett, Clemson going up against Pitt. Ian, who you have in this one?
1: Um, I'm going to have uh, Pitt winning this one in a very, very close game. I think Clemson Clemson's offense has just been stuck in the mud since day one. I, I just don't see them getting enough points on the board. Is it, like I think – Clemson's averaged like 20 points per game, and so far Pitt has averaged nearly 50. Um, and the defense is really what's been keeping Clemson in games. Now, with that being said, I think it'll be a low-scoring low affair, but I think Pitt wins this one by 1.24-23. 1.
0: Yeah, I've got a closer game as well, but um, I think that uh, uh, Pitt is going to score a little bit more. I've got them winning 30-21. to 21. Like you said, Kenny Pickett is having a great year and that nobody's talking about it. And it's a shame because like teams like Pitt and uh, Michigan State and um, NC State are these really good teams that, you know, they don't get as much pub because they're not the Blue Bloods. They're not Alabama. They're not Ohio State. They're not Clemson. They're not Georgia. So they don't get as much pub. But we'll see. You know, this is a big game for Pitt. If they do well in this game, that could change the narrative for the rest of the year. Okay. A disappointing year for Iowa State, but they've got a chance to redeem themselves and totally redeem themselves. So let's see. (laughs) Iowa State going up against Oklahoma State. I'm going to say Oklahoma State wins this one, and I'm going to say close game. I'm going to say 27-17. to That's what I'm going with. What do you got, Ian?
1: Um, I'm right there with you. I think it'll be a one-score game. I'm actually winning three points off by your prediction. Um, Iowa State... I, because I think both these teams are very balanced, but I think the defense is going to come up clutch for Oklahoma state. Um, so I'm going to give the Cowboys the nod here in a close one. I'm going to go with a 27 to 20 win for Oklahoma state in a close one. There you go. Okay.
0: Big game. I wish I was going to this, but I actually have a concert I'm going to on Saturday, Oregon going up against UCLA in the Rose bowl. All right. I'm going to take the lead on this one real quick. Okay. I know I've been a huge UCLA uh, promoter this year, largely because I'm trying to get a tap into UCLA fans and USC fans. And, you know, that's just, hey, it's a large media market out here in LA. If they get behind it, maybe they'll get some more, you know, groundswell there to get this uh, podcast off the ground. But I do like this team. I think they have a lot of phenomenal players. I think they have a really good offense and a decent enough defense to be able to hold them into almost any game. I like Oregon as well. I think they're competent on most things that they do. Their defense is solid, not great. Um with that being said, I'm gonna go with UCLA losing. And I'm gonna say Oregon wins. Let me say 32 to 27. So a close game though.
1: Um, this is my upset pick of the week. Oh, oh, have- red alert. <laughs> Yep, I have UCLA winning this one based solely on the fact that Oregon's defense has been not as consistent as they need to be for to sure. be at this level, and UCLA's mm-hmm. offense has been more consistent. Now, the offenses on both sides are very even. Yeah, yeah, um, for and I, sure. And I will, yeah. With um, you know, especially because they they kind of primarily do on the running attack, uh, dies more speed and uh, Carbana. Um, Carbonate, sorry, um, is more of, you know, the power runner uh, to break off the big gains. Um, so I think that's what we'll come down to. I just think so at that point, it's going to come down to what defenses are they playing against. Oregon's defense, I think, is a lot softer compared to UCLA's. Now, I think Die will be able to get some big runs, but I think Carbonate's going to have a very big game. And UCLA's will win this one in an upset and a very uh kind of a muddy game. I'm going to go with a 26 to 21 win for the Bruins. There you go. All right,
0: moving on to Tennessee Alabama. I mean, this game Tennessee hasn't won it's this big game in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, this Tennessee hasn't won this game since 2006. I mean, that's insane. Like you know, I thought the, the Florida rivalry was, you know, one-sided, but this one's even worse. Um, Ian, who do you have in this one? Oh, I'm losing them. Ian, you there? Oh, yeah, here we go.
1: Okay, I got you. Uh, continue.
0: Yeah, who, who do you have in this one? Uh, uh, Tennessee, Alabama.
1: Uh, I have Alabama with in this one, and I have them running away with it. I think the offense is actually gonna be putting up some points for Tennessee, but I'm not expecting a whole lot from it. Um, I'm gonna go with the tide in this one, uh with a 40 to 20 uh victory. Yeah, I'm not
0: far off your mute either. I got a 45-17 Alabama moving on real quick. Let's just do this one. Temple USF. I'm gonna say USF. I mean, temple's okay, probably. Not that good. So I'm gonna say USF wins. I'm gonna say USF wins thirty-five to thirty-one. What do you got, Ian?
1: Uh this one, you know, I, I want I really want, you know, USF, you know, to really buy into them this year, but you know, it's been very disappointing. That uh Tulsa game was uh a bit of a kick in the gut for that one. Um, but I think with this one um against Temple I I Temple did beat Memphis this year Memphis is a good team and I I don't know I I think the owls will pull off this one I think it'll be close but I, I just I can't see usF getting a win here and that I hope I'm wrong uh, but I have temple winning a close one in a 33 to 25 win. What did you say score-wise? Say it again. Uh, Temple 33, USF 25. Okay.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. USC, Notre Dame. Fighting Irish going up against the men of Troy. I'm going to say Notre Dame wins this one, but it's going to be close. I'm going to say 28 to 24. That's what I'm going with. What do you got, Ian?
1: Uh, I'm right there with you. I think it'll be... uh... A close game. Um, I actually have a pretty uh, identical score. Um, USC, I just think there's too much going on right now, um, and it's not really gelling together. And Notre Dame is definitely not looking too good this season, but I have the Irish winning this one 28-21.
0: 28-21. There you go.
1: Okay. um,
0: Last three we'll do really quick. So, let's see. We got – South Carolina, Texas A&M. I'm going to say Texas A&M wins this one, and I'll say they'll probably win like 35 to. I say 35 21. I think South Carolina will get a couple on the board, but nothing too crazy. What do you got, Ian?
1: Uh, I'm. I think A and M is going to run away with this one. I. I just think. South Carolina is kind of outmatched. Um, I'm gonna go with AM and a big win 38 to 9. Whoa, damn,
0: Smoke them. Yeah. Okay. Uh this one is an interesting one because if NC State can smoke this team, it puts a lot of like hype towards NC State. NC State going up against Miami. Who do you got in this one, Ian? Uh, this one.
1: Um, I think I'm going to go with NC State in this one because the defense is definitely tough enough to halt uh, Miami's, um, you know, kind of outside attack, which is kind of what they're based on. I see them, you know, playing it, you know, keeping them contained um, and preventing the big play. So I'm going to have NC State winning this one. Um, Maybe not nothing too crazy, but I'll go with a 30 to 17 win for the Wolfpack.
0: I'm going with a blowout and I'm saying 42 to 10 NC state. I just don't see Miami doing much against this NC state defense. The, that, if I will say anything about NC state, they have a really good defense and uh, their offense is competent. I like their quarterback. Um, I think they'll be able to put up points, but that's not really the 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 thing in question in this game. I think that NC State's gonna stifle Miami like significantly and uh put them on their backs almost the entire game. And it's gonna be, like I said, 42 10. That's what I'm thinking. Last game, Ohio State, Indiana. I'm gonna go with not too big of a blowout, but I'm gonna say thirty-eight to seventeen. What do you got, Ian?
1: Um, I'm gonna go with a blowout. <laughs> Okay. I I you know in the, like I said Indiana they had a very good game against Michigan State but the Ohio State I think it has the best offense in the Big 10. Um so I have the Buckeyes winning this one and kind of running away with it. Um I have them winning 41 to 14. 41 to 14.
0: And I'm just you double six che- national championship. There you go. Uh, I'm just <laughs> double checking real quick because I wanted to make sure on something, just to make sure I didn't miss any games. Uh, let's see. One last check. Okay, we got over every game. So that is our week eight look ahead preview, whatever you want to call it. Um, that is the show we're going to do a quick rundown of our socials and we'll let everyone go. Uh, you can reach us at haterradio.com. Um, you can reach us at, at hater underscore radio for both Twitter and Insta haterradio one at gmail.com for the email. Ian, what are your socials real quick?
1: Uh, G Gator G on YouTube, uh, and Instagram and Twitter, uh, capital G underscore Gator underscore capital G.
0: Awesome. So yeah, you can check out that uh, video of uh the live broadcast that we did uh from the USF uh Florida game that was in September. Um check it out. It's pretty cool. I thought, you know, I was able to get some good transitions there so it looked really cool and uh um you know, uh shout out to our DP Skylar who did an amazing job with the footage and uh you know, it uh, made it much easier on my part to be able to edit that together. I just took some time because I really had a busy schedule. I was like, you know, uh, at a wedding and then like a bunch of other things were going on. So I didn't really have any free weekends to really like nail down doing that. So I did that the last two weeks. And so I was able to put that out, but check that out. That's a really cool video of us, you know, basically doing the broadcast and
1: in our um, element.
0: Yeah. In, in our <laughs> element. So showing what Hater Radio is all about. So again, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, that is our show, Ian. I'll, uh, I'll see you next week, brother. See you.